Hello, and welcome to the 22nd episode of Till Death Do Us Part. I'm Daniel. And I'm Melissa. So let's jump right in. All right, let's do it. All right, we're going to give a shout out to one of our 11 listeners. All right. This person gave us five stars. Thank Thank you. you. And this is from Gomez Dad. I wonder if it's any relation to the Adams family. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. This person said, Till Death Do Us Part podcast is a grim yet entertaining look at marriage disaster. (laughs) Melissa MacArthur researches and narrates real murders where one partner kills their spouse. She is accompanied by her husband, Daniel, who is there for more than just his good looks and boyish, boyish charm. Oh, my God. Daniel helps seek clarity as he asks pertinent questions that are on every listener's mind. He provides amazing support to his bride. You do. And most importantly, he is tasked with bringing us entertaining marriage trivia is in the form of factoids, not hemorrhoids, factoids. <laughs> I am hooked on the show that has only one drawback. You've got to wait a whole week to get each episode. Sorry about that. On the other hand, they do supplement their show with regular posts on Instagram, where they provide photos of those involved and evidence. Keep it up, you two. Okay, so I did not <laughs> pay. So I did nice. not pay for this review to be written, but I don't think I could have done better. No, if I had paid. So I really appreciate it. That person must be a writer. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> yes. That was very, very kind of you, Gomez Dad. Thank you. I, I probably couldn't have even thought of all that stuff. No, Dang. not at all. But yes, your boyish charm all right. for sure makes this podcast. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, baby, you got some factoids? So I saw a couple of articles One was with uh, NBC Today and then the New York Post that kind of caught my eye. This published article from Today, they did a survey of 3,000 Americans and 31% are all for sleeping separate. (laughs) Wait, how many percent? 31%. For married couples. And then the New York Post did one and said, titled, Couples say this new bedroom trend is saving their marriage, <laughs> which is sleeping in separate rooms. So I was just curious, like, <laughs> is is that really something people are doing? Okay, wait, wait, wait. Separate rooms. Right. Not separate beds. I mean, obviously, it's going to be separate beds, but they're in a whole different room. Correct. So we're not doing the Lucy and Ricky thing where they're in one room in two beds. Yeah, and I'm I'm assuming there's going to be different variations to that. Yeah. This was just these articles, so I was like, well, maybe they say it's like a millennium trend. Okay. Or not millennium, <laughs> millennial, millennial trend. Mm-hmm. So um, so I reached out to my panel of experts, meaning <laughs> texted people I know. Yes. And uh, ten people, only one actually slept in separate rooms, but that was because of um, extreme snoring. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And then they eventually worked that out, I think, with a CPAP. Okay. <laughs> but uh, most everyone else, they said no, unless, uh, obviously, if someone's sick, just yeah. to, to be nice to their spouse, you know, they would sleep in another room. 
But otherwise, absolutely not. They always sleep together. Okay. Well, that's a good sign. But that's of the people we know. So I don't, but some of them have been married for many, many, many years, decades, and then, you know, like us. So our peers and older. So maybe it's only new, new married couples. New, new married couples that sleep in separate rooms? Maybe. Mm. I don't know. Well, my grandparents slept in separate rooms, but that wasn't until like the last 15 years of their marriage. But there was also health reasons, too. But they never made it back to sleeping in the same bed because my grandma liked it. (laughs) My grandma liked it too much. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Yes. Well, now they have suites, like bedroom suites where you actually have your own toilet. See, that's not a bad idea. No. Now that is something. One variation was two beds, but together in the same room Mm -hmm. so that each one has their own linens and stuff like that. Okay. So they just have different, you know, one's hot, one's cold. I was going to say, what if you're like a sweater? Yeah. Or you're a blanket hog. And you just can't seem to get a good night's sleep if you're sleeping together. Right. So you sleep in separate beds in the same room. It makes sense. Would you ever want to sleep in a different room than me? No, because then I'm just sitting there and it's it's weird. <laughs> and you have nobody to talk to. Well, hopefully, yeah. But if hopefully eventually you go to sleep, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what it's for. This quote was from a book and it's called Sharing the Covers, Every Couple's Guide <laughs> to Better Sleep. <laughs> Said, quote, It used to be considered healthier to sleep apart because of a partner's foul smells. (laughs) Um, Quote, things like morning breath were considered a primary source of disease. (laughs) So, I mean, that makes sense if you think about it back in the day. It's like, oh, God, like you finally get some relief. From their stinky breath? From their smells. Yeah, well, at at best, it would be breath. (laughs) I mean, back in the day, I mean, they didn't have showers and baths readily available, so. No. Back in the day, kings and queens used to bathe in milk. Yummy. Didn't somebody used to, like, bathe in urine? Wasn't that a big thing? I can't think that would be good. Oh, gosh. I don't know. We should ask our kid. He's all up on history. Yeah. So is the term getting pissed came from bathing in urine? I don't think so, because pissed means getting drunk. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So do you want to sleep in separate beds or separate bedrooms? Well, maybe separate beds, but not separate bedrooms because I'm afraid of ghosts. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, not separate beds. I, don't, I, think, I, don't I mean, if you have so. a big enough bed, I think it's fine. We can roll away from each other pretty far. And we do. We have a California king. Because so. we're in California? Well, because we're in California, because we just rolled a separate size of the bed. <laughs> so basically, we're already separated, mm-hmm. but still in the same bed. Right. I love when you go to a hotel or somebody's house that you're staying at, and they're like, oh, here's your bed, and it's a full. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be sweating all night. Yeah. I guess if it's cold, then you're good. <laughs> now I can only sleep on my left side, and you forced me to switch sides of the bed. I did. Yeah. So now when I sleep on my left side, I'm facing out. I like my new side of the bed, though. All right. Yep. Except I'm the one that gets murdered first. But, you know, whatever. You're closer to the door. I am closer to the door, which means I get murdered first. See? Well, maybe we should switch again. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) 
Yeah. Then we'd be face to face. Yeah. Staring at each other, breathing in each other's <laughs> face all night. Oh, the morning breath. All night remem- breath. <laughs> I don't <laughs> remember licking a cat's butt in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Did Gross. you have any more? Sorry, I keep interrupting you. I think that's about it. I think it's just, it makes sense. People have different temperatures, snoring, tossing and turning, blanket hogs, light sleeper, heavy sleeper. Yeah. Peer, so. chronic peer. Oh, yeah. Get up all the time. I don't know. Yeah. All right. That was fun. So we're going to we're gonna stay in our bed. Is that what you're saying? Yes, for all now. Right. Stand in our bed. For now. For now. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. All right. You ready for my case? Yep. Let's do it. Guess what else I did? What else did you did? I changed the font to 18. Oh, good. You can see it now. Now I can see it. <laughs> you don't have to squint with no. your glasses on. He's He's been telling me for the last couple of months I need to change the font to bigger. And I'm like, no, I can see. I'm just fine. No, I can't see it. Yeah, I said, why don't you just make the letters bigger? I know. I'm such a brat. It's because it was your idea. It has to be my idea. Remember? Sure. My case is on Lonnie and Mickey Kanasaki Kakatas. Cool. Around 4 p.m. on May 27, 2006, a research vessel by the name of the Estrella had finished their research for the day along the Italian coast and was headed back into shore. The captain of the boat noticed something strange floating in the water. He immediately recalled seeing an alert that morning about an American woman that had fallen overboard on a cruise ship, and the Italian Coast Guard was searching for her. As the research boat drew closer, the crew knew for sure that the floating object was indeed a body. They were wearing a black shirt and green pants, just as the woman was described wearing the last time anyone had seen her. Careful not to touch or disturb the body as much as possible, A crew member put a strap around her chest and carefully lifted her lifeless body into the vessel. The captain retrieved a sheet and lightly covered her. The crew had discovered many interesting things on the ocean throughout their years of research, but had never come across a body floating in the Mediterranean Sea. An Italian Coast Guard boat that had been actively searching for her met the research vessel and transferred the deceased onto their deck. Lifting the sheet and reading her description, it was determined that this was the body of the missing American woman, 52-year-old Mickey Kanasaki. Mickey Kanasaki was born in 1954 in Japan. She was the youngest of four children. Mickey had two older sisters and one older brother. When Mickey was just a toddler, her father had left the Japanese coal mines and had gotten a job on a farm in Central California. After a couple years, he saved up enough money to bring his family from Japan to the United States. They traveled that journey by ship. Mickey and her family acclimated well and were eventually living the American dream. Mickey became a legal secretary and paralegal at a top, high-powered law firm in Los Angeles, California. She was a hard worker and very intelligent. Mickey was also very beautiful. She caught the eye of one of the top attorneys at her law firm named Lonnie Kakatas. 
Lonnie had graduated from law school with honors in 1992. He was intelligent and extremely dedicated, working late into the night and coming into the office early in the morning. Lonnie hired Mickey to work overtime as his legal secretary. Working so closely with one another, feelings started to develop, and eventually they fell in love. Lonnie and Mickey were married in 1995 and bought a beautiful home in Ladera Ranch, located in South Orange County, California. Nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice, uh, nice little community there in Ladera. Yeah. Mickey was Lonnie's second wife. The marriage started off very happy, but eventually things started to unravel. Mickey was diagnosed with debilitating arthritis and had to retire from her position at the firm. Mickey's mental state declined, and she was diagnosed with depression. Lonnie continued working long hours at the firm and took on heavy cases that required a lot of preparation and focus. He also became very controlling about money. Lonnie and Mickey drifted apart and divorced after six years of marriage. After a few years, Lonnie and Mickey decided to give their relationship another go. Lonnie promised to change. He was going to work less, make he and Mickey's relationship a priority, and spend money on vacations. As a show of good faith, in early 2006, Lonnie booked their first big vacation, a cruise along the Italian coastline. Mickey was so excited, not only about the cruise, but also about their future. Nice. Yeah. You know. People can get back together. Yeah, that's surprising, actually. You never know what will happen. So she's got debilitating arthritis and has clinical depression. Yes, because she had to quit her job, and her job was was everything to her. She loved her job. Right. Yes, and then when she had to quit because of medical reasons, it took a toll on her for sure, and a toll on their marriage. Yeah. I wonder if they... So when they got divorced, did they split up a bunch of money? You know, because obviously he did very well. Right. I love your questions. Sorry. I do. And those will be answered, I promise. Okay, I won't ask questions then. No, I love your questions because you're right there with me. All right. Okay. Lonnie and Mickey had arrived in Spain on the 24th of May and boarded the cruise ship, the Island Escape, in Palma de Mallorca. Nice. They woke up. I want to go there so bad. Yeah. They woke up on the first day in Messina, Sicily. Lonnie and Mickey decided to hop on a tour bus and took in all the sights of the city. When the excursion ended, Lonnie and Mickey headed back to the ship for the evening. The couple enjoyed a romantic dinner. After dinner, they headed to the club and had a couple of drinks. Lonnie and Mickey then headed back to their balcony room with two twin beds (laughs) and shared a bottle of wine. So were the two twin beds together no or they pushed apart they were pushed apart dang it i know lonnie decided to take two ambien and go to bed the last time he saw mickey was when she was heading out of their stateroom to get a hot cup of herbal tea lonnie woke up around 4 30 a.m and mickey was not in their room and her bed had not been slept in lonnie immediately began searching for mickey and eventually contacted the sh- uh, the ship's security, and the ship's captain. The crew began to search the entire ship and found no sign of Mickey. No one had seen her since the night before. 
Finally, resting on the fact that she must have gone overboard, the Italian Coast Guard was notified. The ship pulled into their next port, Naples, Italy. Lonnie packed up he and Mickey's things and disembarked the ship. Lonnie checked into a hotel and began being interviewed by Italian authorities. Lonnie spoke zero Italian, and the Italian investigator spoke very little English. Wow. At 3.10 a.m. on the other side of the world, in Florida, the phone began to ring at the home of Lonnie's best friend, a retired Washington, D.C. cop-turned-investigator, Bill Price, and his longtime partner, Susan McQueen, who happened to be a private investigator. Uh-oh. He had friends in high places, I guess. Sounds like it. Mm-hmm. On the other end of the line was Lonnie. Lonnie and Bill had been friends for years. Their relationship was more like brothers. Lonnie even hiring Bill when he needed investigating done on his most challenging of cases. Lonnie and Mickey and Bill and Susan had become couple friends, going to dinner and celebrating life together. Lonnie had even booked a second stateroom on the island escape for Bill and Susan. But at the last minute, Bill and Susan were unable to go on the cruise and Lonnie and Mickey went alone. Lonnie told Bill what had happened and that Mickey was missing. Lonnie was scared and asked Bill if he could get him out of Italy. A couple hours later, Bill had booked Lonnie a flight from Naples to Tampa, Florida, where Bill and Susan lived. But Lonnie changed his ticket at the airport and flew home to California instead. Now, I wrote here, it must be so scary to not only have your spouse missing, but also be in another country. Oh, totally. I can't even imagine that. And then if you're if you don't speak the other language, what do you do? You just hope that people speak English, which yeah, most and they, of the time they, they don't do, have an interpreter. I mean, I you would think not. that there's an awful lot of English speaking tourists in Italy. You would think so. Mickey's body was taken to a small seaside town called Vibo Valencia on the coast of southern Italy. Italian authorities immediately opened an investigation. They they soon discovered that this was not going to be an open and shut case. An Italian chief medical examiner conducted the autopsy while an Italian pathologist and a United States Army pathologist observed. Mickey's autopsy showed that her body was badly bruised, especially at the base of her neck. That's normally a clear sign of mechanical asphyxia due to strangulation. Uh-oh. Mickey also had bruising on her inner thigh that could indicate a possible sexual assault. There was food in her stomach, which shows that Mickey died not long after dinner. And her lungs and stomach had an absence of water, proving that Mickey was dead before she went into the water. Mickey had died on that ship. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I wonder who did it. <laughs> The medical examiner concluded that Mickey was strangled by one assailant and put in the water where she remained for 36 to 38 hours. Oh, geez. But who had murdered Mickey and why? Yeah. Was it a crew member, another passenger, or could it have been her ex-husband? Lonnie and Mickey's stateroom had been searched and there was no sign of a struggle. Passengers staying in cabins near the couple didn't hear any arguing or anything out of the ordinary coming from the couple's room. When an American is killed under mysterious circumstances in a foreign country, 
the case is turned over to the FBI. Did you know that? I do now. Okay. Within hours of Mickey's body having been discovered, an FBI agent was knocking on Lonnie's door in Orange, in Orange County. Lonnie began acting strange. He just kept talking and rambling on and answering questions that were never asked of him. Oh. There was very little emotion when talking about Mickey, but the strangest of all was his volunteering to get naked so the agents could check his body for any signs of a physical struggle, like scratches or bruises. Maybe he just liked to take his clothes off. He might have, mm-hmm. especially with strange men around. Some people are into that. <laughs> Lonnie also had some theories about what had happened. Maybe Mickey had jumped. She did have a history of depression. What if she had accidentally fallen overboard, but at five foot three inches, she was much shorter than the railings? Or maybe one of the 1,500 passengers or crew members had murdered her and thrown her body into the Mediterranean. The agents also found it very strange that Lonnie was in such a hurry to get off the boat and out of Italy before Mickey's body had been found. I would have waited till your body was found <laughs> if I had. Before you before you rush home? <laughs> before I rush home. <laughs> yeah. Because then I get in a couple extra days of vacation. Right. Yeah. Well, because now his trip's cut short. Exactly. What's what's the fun in that? And that's a pretty long flight. I mean, at least get a little sightseeing. Yeah, but you're suggesting that he planned it. I am suggesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it does kind of make him seem a little guilty, though, rushing home. Yes. Before they found the body. It very much Because I would, if I cared, I would stay and help search. But I think that's what they were thinking, like, if well, he cared, right, he would be there wanting to make sure even that that's her. Yeah. You know, identify the body. In order to help their friend prove his innocence, Bill and Susan traveled to Italy a couple months later and booked a cabin on the island escape. Those are some damn good friends. Wow. Yeah. Some really great friends. Well, and they wanted to get there romantic vacation into Italy as well. They're like, well, while we're there, yeah, yeah. as well. On the possible murder boat? Did they go on the boat? I just said that. They booked a cabin on the island escape. So they booked a cabin on the boat. Oh, I'm sorry. I heard cap. Never mind. That's okay. All right. They gathered as much information as they could, retracing Lonnie and Mickey's steps, taking measurements of different spots on the boat, they even met with the captain to gain permission to enter the stateroom of Lonnie and Mickey to see the room firsthand. Unable to get the passenger manifest, Bill and Susan were able to get the autopsy report, something Lonnie had been able had been unable to do. The autopsy report indicated to Bill and Susan that Mickey had been strangled to death, possibly sexually assaulted, and then thrown overboard. Oh, and there were no security cameras anywhere on the ship. What? Nope. No security cameras anywhere. Yes. That's bizarre. I know. I thought they all were covered in cameras. I did too. All right. The FBI pretty quickly suspected that Lonnie was involved in the death of Mickey. Without any real physical evidence, they began digging into Lonnie's past and he and Mickey's six-year marriage and ultimate divorce. The FBI learned that in 1999, three years into Lonnie and Mickey's marriage, a client of Lonnie's law firm 
accused him of having an intimate relationship with their underage daughter. Lonnie had been arrested but was adamant that he was innocent. Mickey believed in Lonnie's innocence and stood by him. Lonnie was eventually fired from the firm. In order to protect he and Mickey's assets in case they were sued, the couple decided to divorce and put everything into Mickey's name. Yes. Okay. Including their home. Their assets totaled almost $2 million. Lonnie and Mickey were legally divorced but still maintained their relationship. Bill and Susan helped prove Lonnie's innocence in that case. They were able to show that Lonnie had been at work through key cards and timestamps and not out messing around with the underage girl. Lonnie was never prosecuted and the charges were dropped. Mickey never told anyone that she and Lonnie had divorced. Oh, that's see, that changes things a bit. Doesn't it? Because the only reason they got divorced in the first place was to protect their assets in case he got sued. Right. Because of this accusation, really, because it ended up not being true. Yeah, that does make sense. I mean, it makes sense why they did it. But then if he knew he was innocent, why not? Can you undo a divorce? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. So they just decided to stay divorced? I guess, just stay divorced. And everything's in her name? Everything was in her name. Hmm. Yep, even the cars. Okay. The FBI also learned that after Mickey died, all her assets went to Lonnie. The assets that had been put in into her name before she and Lonnie had divorced. Lonnie had moved that money into an offshore account. Once Lonnie tried to move over a million dollars into a bank in Florida... The FBI seized that money and began a civil case against Lonnie. But in the end, Lonnie won that case and was able to retrieve those funds. During this trial, a name pops up, that of Amy Nguyen, Lonnie's third wife. What? Yes. Get married again? Yes. All right. Third time's a charm. I guess so. Amy was a fifth grade teacher that Lonnie met on a dating site and that he had married in 2005 in Las Vegas while he and Mickey were divorced. Oh, boy. No one knew about Lonnie's third wife, Amy, or their marriage. It was Lonnie's little secret. Okay, so was he married to her when he went on the cruise with Mickey? Yes. Oh, wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Lonnie and Amy were only married a few short months when Lonnie left Amy and went back to Mickey and started planning that romantic vacation that was going to rekindle their relationship. No one really knows if Mickey knew about Amy. I think she didn't know about Amy at all. No way. She wouldn't have gone on that trip with him. Nope. You remember how I said that Lonnie changed his ticket at the airport and instead of flying to Florida, he went to California? Right. Bill had assumed that Lonnie just wanted to go home, but in actuality, he went to Amy. He needed female consoling, I guess. Oh, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. After Mickey's death, Lonnie and Amy's relationship was rekindled. But in 2007, Lonnie left Amy and moved to Florida and didn't tell her. Wowzers. And, yeah, and sold everything. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. During his marriage to Amy, Lonnie was living with Amy in Orange County and was trying to get Mickey to sell their home in Ladera Ranch. But Mickey had just paid off the property, and since it wasn't her name, she refused. 
I believe that's why Lonnie went back to Mickey and came up with this vacation. Right. So that maybe somehow he could get all the assets and property, including that $750,000 house. That's plausible. Yes. Bill and Susan had no idea that there was another woman, let alone another wife. They were starting to become suspicious. Bill asked Lonnie if he would take a polygraph. Just as a way to take some suspicion off of him by the FBI, Lonnie agreed. He was asked 11 questions three times each. Questions like, what's your name? Is my tie blue? How many wives do you have? Did you murder your wife? Lonnie failed miserably. Bill was left more doubtful than ever in Lonnie's innocence. Uh With no more leads to follow, Bill and Susan decided to meet with Amy. Lonnie gave them his blessing. If anybody could clear Lonnie's name, it would be Amy. In January of 2009, Susan met with Amy alone. Have a little girl chat, gain her trust, and of course, record her. Of course. Bill stayed in the car. Not long after the two began talking, Amy dropped a bomb. Lonnie had told Amy that he planned to have Mickey murdered on that cruise. Lonnie spent weeks researching specific cruises and boats. This was not that first class vacation that Lonnie had promised. It was a budget cruise, even more budget than Carnival. (laughs) Hey, I like Carnival. (laughs) Me too. But Carnival is a bit of a budget cruise. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I'm a big fan. Keep it up, Carnival. And if you want to sponsor this show, that would be awesome. Heck yeah. The Island Escape was built in 1981, and her original name was the MS Scandinavia. She was built as the world's largest cruise ferry. A cruise ferry is a smaller utility-based ship that transport passengers and cargo, such as cars, trucks, trains, and buses, from one portion of land to another. A ferry will be a day-long or an overnight cruise. No bells or whistles designed to get you from point A to point B. Cruises are designed for much longer voyages and are vacation destinations. Cruises offer varieties of cabins and amenities such as entertainment, spas, gyms, pools, and many dining options. In 1990, she was bought by Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. Between January of 1991 and June of 1991, She was converted into a cruise ship at a shipyard in San Diego, California. The car deck was turned into a passenger deck. A pool was added, more dining options, and a row of balconies had been welded to the side of the seventh deck. The ship was not tiered, so there was nothing between the balcony and the water. Just a straight seven-story fall. Awesome. In 2002, she was transferred to the fleet of Royal Caribbean subsidiary island cruises, and she was renamed the MS Island Escape. Originally, Lonnie had told Amy that he had paid his good friend Bill Price to set up the hit, that Bill was connected thanks to his time as a DC cop and investigator, and that he would have guys on that cruise to take care of Mickey. Susan was floored. That was the reason that she and Bill had been invited on that vacation, to be Lonnie's scapegoats. When Bill and Susan had canceled last minute, Lonnie told Amy that he was, quote unquote, just going to have to take matters into his own hands. Hmm. 
So he told Amy that Bill was going to take care of killing Mickey, his best friend. What a piece of crap. Yeah. Susan called Bill over to where they were sitting. Amy was visibly shaken when she saw Bill. Amy had been led to believe that Bill was a bad man and would kill her if she ever told anyone about Lonnie's plan. When Bill heard about what Lonnie had been planning, he confronted him. Lonnie admitted to telling Amy that story, but was trying to look like a big man to Amy and never meant it. Bill ended their friendship right then and there and sent the tapes to the FBI. Wow. Did that make sense? Yeah. Okay. The Orange County District Attorney was given the taped recording. Amy Nguyen was subpoenaed and had to travel back to Orange County for an interview. Amy was refusing to give investigators any information. That's when they brought Bill into the room. Amy became very emotional but still refused to cooperate and kept saying to Bill, I don't know you. I don't know you. Now, I'm going to read the transcript from from their interview with Amy. Okay, so Bill, what do you mean you don't know me? They have the tape recording of you and I talking. Amy, no, I don't know you. Bill, do you understand that they have the tape recording that I turned it in because I'm protecting myself and my family? Do you understand that? Amy, I don't know you. Bill, you can't say you don't know me. You'd be lying. If he's telling you to do this, Amy, this is not good. Why are you protecting him? Amy, I did not protect him. I don't know you. Bill, I am not here to kill you. I am here to protect my name and to protect you and bring you underneath my coat. I'm here to tell them that they mess with you. They mess with me. I'm here to bring in the best attorneys if I have to. What I'm not here to do is protect his lies and him from hurting me and everybody else around us. I'm tired of it, Amy. I'm tired of him. I need your help. I need you to be with me. It's time the truth comes out now. He's made fools out of all of us. How frustrating would that be? (laughs) To just have this girl looking at you being like, I don't know you. After he just talked to her. Yeah. And he has her her voice and everything on tape. Right. So what's she protecting? She's just scared. I think she's scared. She was scared of Lonnie. The DA offered Amy immunity for her testimony, and she agreed to talk. Amy telling investigators that Lonnie threatened to have her killed if she ever told anyone about what he had done. Lonnie was arrested in Safety Harbor, Florida, at a strip mall where he had a new business, Jumpy House Rentals for Parties. I think it's awesome that he was arrested in Safety Harbor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Lonnie and his defense team kept filing motion after motion and delayed the trial for years. Remember, Lonnie was a brilliant attorney, even writing most of the briefs himself. The trial was even delayed because authorities determined if Orange County could even try Lonnie for a murder that happened in international waters. It was allowed to proceed under the theory that Lonnie had planned Mickey's death in California. Dang. Yeah. So only because he had planned it in California, Orange County, could they hold the trial in California. That is very complex. Mm-hmm. Yes. I see now why it's one of the best ways to murder somebody is on a cruise ship. Yep. International waters. Wow. Oh. 
The trial finally began in February of 2020, 14 years after Mickey's death. Amy was called as a witness for the state and told the jury the same story she had told Susan years before, that Lonnie had told her that he had hired Bill to handle the murder of Mickey. But when Bill and Susan canceled their trip, Lonnie was going to have to do it himself. The medical examiner from the coastal town of Vibo, Valencia, where Mickey's body was taken, testified about his autopsy findings and added that Mickey was not under the influence of alcohol. He did not think she had been sexually assaulted and that she did have a trauma to the back of her head that was in the shape of a convex surface, such as the underside of a wine bottle. There it is. Yep. The trial was still in full swing when March of 2020 reared its ugly head. COVID took over the world. The trial was put on pause for two months. The judge made the decision to continue and not declare a mistrial. With social, with social distancing put into place around the courtroom and masks required, the trial resumed on May 26, 2020. Lonnie took the stand in his own defense. I really think that he thought he was smarter than everyone else in that room and that he was going to win over that jury. Lonnie had an explanation for everything. He took Mickey on that vacation to try to salvage their relationship. Lonnie also said that Amy was lying and that Bill had put her up to it. <laughs> Which sounds so dumb because that's, they have the tapes. Yeah, that's nuts. They, but like yeah. you said, he definitely thought very highly of himself. He very much did. He almost reminds me physically, too, of the Paul Curry and Linda Kincaid. Paul Curry, the guy who killed his wife with the... Um, Oh, what's in cigarettes? Oh, with the nicotine? The nicotine, yes. Yeah, he's brilliant, mm -hmm. sort of, yes. but then again, not really. He definitely reminded me of him, and then physically, too. If you look at all post pictures, of course, you'll see the similarities between the two of them. Okay. Five months after the trial had started, it went to the jury. After one hour of deliberation, the jury found Lonnie guilty of first-degree murder for financial gain. Lonnie was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Nice. What prosecutors and investigators believe happened. After getting back to their stateroom, Mickey was getting ready for bed. Lonnie hit her in the back of the head with a wine bottle and began choking Mickey. After Mickey was deceased, Lonnie threw her body over the balcony railing, never ever expecting her body to be found. But since her lungs were filled with air and not seawater, Mickey floated. Oh, okay. Yes. And I really, really think that he just thought she was going to sink. Right. And, and no that they would, would never her. find her body. Fun fact. Ready for a fun fact? Always. Lonnie tried to hire a hitman from prison to kill Amy. Of course he did. Turned out the guy he had asked in prison let the authorities know, so they had an undercover cop pretend to be a hitman and correspond with Lonnie. The DA tacked on solicitation of murder to his charges, which were eventually dropped since he had been given a life sentence. What an idiot. Yeah. Okay, so the undercover cop has pretended to be a hitman six times in his career. Out of the six, four were behind bars, and six out of six were husbands trying to have their wives murdered. 
Holy moly. <laughs> when I grow up, that's what I want to do. I want to be an undercover cop pretending to be a headman. Yeah, that, that sounds like fun. It does. It really does. Especially when you the just the shocked look on their face when they finally realize that you faked it. Yeah. Screwed them over. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so another fun fact. In 1988, another man strangled his wife and threw her overboard from the same ship. What? I bet in all of Lonnie's research when he was trying to find the perfect murder boat, he had read about this case. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so after that first one, wouldn't yeah. you, being the owner of that big rowboat, wouldn't you put cameras all over it? You'd think, but I mean, it's 1988. Did they have... No, no, but that was then. So don't you right. think they would learn, like, oh, shoot, if we had just had cameras. I know, because it was over 10 years later. Yeah. When, um, <laughs> I know. I don't know. Maybe then, they didn't start putting cameras on cruise ships until the late 90s i don't know early 2000s i find that hard to believe yeah so this guy this was another american couple and he was a chiropractor (laughs) oh my gosh yeah and he did the same thing Ugh, stupid on april 4th 2018 the island escape was beached for scrapping in alang india alang beaches are known as the world's largest ship graveyard nice i think i've seen that on tv because yeah. they showed after COVID all the different cruise lines. Basically, they would lose less money scrapping the ships than keeping them running with, you know, all the cruise industry shut down. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. So all the big ones, Carnival, Royal Caribbean, all their older ships, even though they're perfectly fine, they just said, you know what? We'll lose less money if we have them scrapped. So, so they, they sell just, them for scrap. They just beached them? Yeah, they're, I mean, they drive them, they run them all the way to India, and then they're torn apart. Yeah, that's, they beach them like a whale. Yeah. That has to be kind of freaky looking. I can imagine. Okay, so what do you think of my case? That's crazy. It was Again. another cruise ship case. <laughs> Dang. I know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to kill you on a cruise ship anymore because people aren't getting away with it. No, I'm. Everyone's going to stay away from balconies, right? the edges, being alone. And I didn't know that if your lungs are full of air, that you'll float for a while. So you actually want to throw somebody overboard who's like almost dead, where they take in sea water. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. So I, I can't throw you overboard until you're like 90% there. All right. Yeah. So I that, remember so that. So that I take in a breath of water yeah basically yeah that sounds <laughs> sounds so cool. but eventually i thought but bodies <clears throat> will bloat and then pop back to the surface right not if sea animals get to you first oh that's true so you're just gonna wrap me in bacon and throw me over <laughs> except there's a bacon shortage so that won't oh, work either gosh yes bacon bacon <laughs> why does your stateroom smell like bacon well we're on the keto diet Keto and takes a lot of bacon to wrap up my husband. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, once again, I read too many articles and I read the court transcripts and there was another dateline for the win. Awesome. I know. Now I want to see the pictures. Yes. Because that'll help a lot. Yeah. I'll show you pictures right when we're done. All right. Remember, you can reach us on Instagram. Please rate and review us. 
And then uh, we'll probably read your review on our one of our next episodes. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, we really appreciate it. We've gotten a few shout outs lately on other podcasts, which has been really cool. Yeah. And it's so much fun to hear your name on other podcasts. So I'm hopeful that you guys think that that'll be fun to hear your name, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Go book a cruise. Can you? Sure. Oh, Some, okay. I don't know when you're going to go, but you could book one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, be careful. For marriage is a life sentence. Bye. Bye.